from the studios of Boise State Public Radio News. I'm Samantha Wright, filling in for Jim Goddard. It's Idaho Matters. Birds and squirrels are part of the everyday landscape in Idaho cities, living in our urban areas and doing quite well for themselves for the most part. Other animals also thrive in cities, though you might not always see them. One of those, the raccoon, was featured in a recent issue of Wildlife Express. That's the Idaho Fishing Game newsletter for kids and kids at heart. And we wanted to know more about nature's little trash bandits and how they thrive so well in our midst. So we asked Vicki Renault back to Idaho Matters. She's Conservation Education Supervisor with Idaho Fishing Game, Superintendent of the Morrison Knudsen Nature Center. Hi, Vicki. How are you? Hi, Samantha. I'm doing well, thanks. And thanks for having me on again. Yeah, tell me about uh, Nature's Little Trash Bandits. Um, raccoons are just, just awesome all the way around. Tell us why uh, why you wanted to feature them and, and a little bit about them. Well, they're, they're pretty interesting animals, and I, I kind of cringe when you hear the, you know, the trash uh, panda and trash bandit kind of bit, because they're so adaptable, which is why they've done so well in, in human landscapes. And so they're able to take advantage of the habitats that we created and been very successful in doing so. They are omnivorous, so they eat just about anything from, you know, fruits and vegetables to crayfish to fishes to frogs to your cat's food if you happen to leave it on your back deck at night. Um, They just take advantage of what they can find, where they can find it. And they're actually really pretty intelligent, too. It's, It's been found that they can remember how to solve a problem three years after learning how to solve that problem. Wow can pose kind of a you know problem for us if we if we we boiled them in our trash cans and they figure it out we got to think of something else so well there are days i can't remember how to solve a problem i fixed 3 years ago so they're they're ahead of me um <laughs> exactly. when i say trash bandits obviously you know they'll get into trash cans and we know that and we know yep. they'll eat cat food like you said if if you leave it out you'll that there's no quicker way to get a a raccoon to your back door. But uh, you said, you know, they'll eat all kinds of things. And I think there's this idea that they wash their food. And you talk about it in the magazine. Do they wash their food? They they really don't. That's kind of a myth. Uh, they do really like to eat crayfish and other aquatic critters. And the thought is that that's an adaptation to actually searching in the water. When you get your hands wet, they sometimes are more sensitive to touch. And so it can help an animal that's feeling for its food, find its food a little bit, but they're not actually, quote unquote, washing their food. It looks awfully cute when you see them doing it, but um, that's really not the, pur- the purpose. Gotcha. And and when you talk about washing food or not washing food um, and getting into things, raccoons basically have little hands, right? They have little they, hands. They really do. I yeah. mean, their their hands are, they've got four fingers for lack of a, you know, and a thumb for lack of a better um <laughs> description kind of like our hands and so that allows them to manipulate things extremely well so they can turn handles and they can pull things and that's what allows them to access a lot of of different sorts of foods because you think about there's a big difference between picking choke cherries off a tree and, and fishing for a crayfish and catching a frog and you know eating something else so they're those hands are an amazing adaptation for their lifestyle and uh... they also climb so that's another oh, neat really? thing. They're one of the few mammals that can climb head first back down a tree. Wow. And part of it is their skeleton and those feet. Wow. And and uh, their pads are almost like little suction cups almost? Right. That gives them very, very good um, ability to climb trees and get up on all sorts of different things because of it. 
All right. Um, how many babies can they have and, and how long do they hang out with mom? So the little ones are called cubs and they are born generally end of April, beginning of May. And, and uh, females can have anywhere from like two to about seven. And they stay in the den until they're about seven to eight weeks old. And then they start accompanying mom out and about. And they will stay with her until the following spring when she has a new litter of, of uh, cubs. And then they'll be off on their own. Sometimes in some parts of the country, uh, the they may leave earlier in the fall. But here in Idaho, where it's colder and they den in the wintertime, they will go ahead and stay with their, their mom. Now, you mentioned denning. Do they hibernate? They do not. And a lot of folks think they do. What they do is they become what we call inactive. And in the fall, raccoons eat and eat and eat and eat, and they gain a lot of fat. And this is what they live on. As a matter of fact, they can have almost an inch layer of fat on their across their body uh, that they use when they're becoming inactive. And that inactivity is kind of based on um, temperature. So when it's really cold, they're going to hang out in their den and not do much. Uh, warms up a little bit. They may come out and scout around, see if they can find something to eat, and then they'll go back to their den if it gets colder. I think you just described a couch potato. <laughs> they kind of are that way. They're a little bit like us, you know, and if we don't want to be outside, we'll hang outside. So. Um, and I keep calling them bandits, um, and that's in part because they have a little mask around their eyes. Yes. Um, and that's not just, you know, stylish. It's not. Uh, that little mask starts to be seen on babies when they're about 10, 10 days old. And it's actually kind of like, you know, when when folks, uh, you know, we can see football and baseball players, they got that black underneath their eyes. It sort of protects the eyes from the glare. And they are nocturnal. So when you, you know, if, it, if a raccoon's out and about and comes in your yard or a car goes by, you know, that'll help her uh, decrease that glare a little bit that that animal has to deal with. And it's just very cute. It is. It is very cute. We're speaking with Vicki Renault, Conservation Education Supervisor with Idaho Fish and Game, about raccoons, which were featured in a recent edition of the magazine Wildlife Express. And they are cute, but they're not um, cuddly. Um, yeah. And, and I, I have to relay an experience when uh, at one point in my life, we left out cat food on the back steps. We got raccoons. And at one time, about two in the morning, we heard a woman screaming outside at the top of her lungs, very, very high pitched. We went outside and we couldn't find anybody. It turned out it was a raccoon. There were three of them, um, uh, two guys and a lady, and the two guys were fighting over the lady. And when raccoons scream, they sound, I'm not kidding, just like a human woman. <laughs> but that woke you up. <laughs> it did. But you you talk about, um, you know, their voices and, and how they sound. They make a they make a lot of different sounds. They they make that churring noise that I think kind of everybody thinks of when you think of raccoons. But they can make that screaming, you know, during the breeding season. Uh, she, the female will mate with one male and that's it. Um, she's done, even though the other guys may come try and uh, give her the, hey, baby, but she will only accept one male. Um, so they'll do that kind of thing. The babies may have a lot of noises. They have little snorts they'll make and little grunt sounds that they do make. But they are, uh, um, you know, they're they're a pretty, they can be kind of, you know, if, if your dog comes up on one, you want to get your dog as soon as you can, they will defend themselves. Mm. Um, they're not an animal that you really want to you know, mess with because they're, again, they, they, they think you're, you're, you're of danger. And so they're going to try and defend themselves. It's best to enjoy them at a distance. 
just like any other, any wild animal. And you mentioned they are omnivores. They will kill to eat. I mean, they, they do eat meat. They will. They'll eat frogs and toads and, you know, all sorts of critters, crayfish, fish, uh, birds, eggs. They'll, they'll get into a lot of different sorts of things. Well, but it I... is interesting. There's a lot of them in the community. And what's kind of fun is if we had a little snow overnight, you can see often that they'll be out waddling around seeing what's going on. Well, Watch those tracks. And and they are all over. I mean, they've adapted really, really well to urban areas, especially areas like Boise. They, they have. And again, it's because we've created good habitats for them. And unlike some wild animals, raccoons are not particularly territorial. So you can have a lot of them sharing the same space and hmm. they don't argue over it or or cause or fuss with one another like some other animals might. So they can they can find dens near one another and food sources near one another and nobody seems to be particularly bothered by it that's why if you put your cat's foods outside you may have one raccoon one day and the next evening you may have that friend that raccoon's friends and relatives all show up too so there are quite a few of them around well and they are very adaptable uh we had a mama raccoon have her babies in a in an irrigation box one year um they 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 just adapt really really well they do. They'll they'll get into, you know, and this is this can be a problem for obviously homeowners, but if you have you know, sometimes attics that aren't completely sealed up, they can get in there and have their babies, they can get in outbuildings. You know, they'll find a good spot and if it looks like a good home, they'll go ahead and, and take up residence. So again, they've figured out how to live live around us quite well. <laughs> What's next for uh for Wildlife Express? Uh what are you featuring uh, this month our, and coming uh, up? issue in March is about microfishes, and these are not just Ooh. little fish. These are fish that never get very big. So they are little fish, but they're not baby trout or salmon or something like that. And then um, we'll be talking about rabbits, the rabbit family, Ooh. and the swallow family of birds is in May. And then we'll be looking at bull trout for our June issue. We're going to have so to have a to... lot of interesting Idaho critters being fe featured the next few months in Idaho and Wildlife Express. We're going to have to have you come back on. Um, we've been speaking with Vicki Renault, Conservation Education Supervisor with Idaho Fishing Game and Superintendent of the Morrison Knutson Nature Center about raccoons, which were featured in a recent edition of the magazine Wildlife Express. We'll put a link on our website, BoiseStatePublicRadio.org. Vicki, thank you so much. Thank you very much. I enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to Idaho Matters. Boise State Public Radio and Idaho Matters are members of the NPR Network. It's an independent coalition of public media podcasters. You can find more shows in the network wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Samantha Wright. We'll see you tomorrow. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now we're taking center stage. Introducing NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of Black-led stories from NPR's podcasts. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts.